Welcome to The Golf Course, a modern forum for business conversations and insurance. I'm your host, Carrie Ann Nadeau, founder and CEO of ODN. On The Golf Course, I talked to Margaret Ressy Milken about the data initiative she is chairing to quantify the state of women leaders in insurance rather than simply relying on anecdotes. Let's tee it off. Welcome back to the podcast. I'm your host, Carrie Ann Nadeau. On the golf course today, I'm joined by a very fascinating woman leader in insurance. Her name is Margaret Ressy Milken, and she is the chairwoman of an important initiative called the Women in Insurance Initiative for a, willi- for a million women mentors uh, slash STEM connector. So a mouthful there, but a lot to break down, a lot of really important concepts um, that I'm hoping to dive into from women in leadership to women in insurance to the future of STEM and the need to collect more information about where we are at today and where we're going. So welcome to the show, Margaret. It's a pleasure to have you on the golf course. Well, thank you, Carrie. It is fun to be here with you. Thank you. Oh, well, fantastic. I think, you know, I wanted to kick it off today as two powerful women and important women uh, that are driving change in the insurance industry want to kick it off with sort of the problem set, which as I see it is a a real sort of surface level interest today in in expanding diversity and inclusion. It's sometimes said as sort of a boilerplate buzzword without a lot of meaning and without a lot of um, sort of dedication behind really seeing transformational change. Um, I'd like to set that up in context of what you're doing and saying, look, we need more women in positions of STEM, in insurance, how do we get that accomplished? So maybe we could start with the challenge, right? Why are we where we are today? Why do we need this so bad? Well, you you hit it completely, Carrie. I will tell you that we, we've all talked about the issue. We've talked about the problem. Now it's time not to talk and it's time to act. And the Women in Insurance Initiative for Million Women Mentors STEM Connector is just that. Mm -hmm. It is actionable. It's we need women to join us in insurance in STEM careers. Actuarial, data science, engineering, finance, technology. We are transforming the industry and we need talent. We all know that we have not a war for talent. We have a pipeline that needs to be filled and we need to reach out to the young girls and young women in STEM and say, think about insurance and come to insurance. Mm -hmm. So there's a lot of platform work, I think, that's being done now. Mm -hmm. And really just in the last year, insurance jumped on the STEM bandwagon in a big way with Million Women Mentor STEM Connector. So I jumped in in a big way last year, uh, last July, when I joined as the chair of this initiative. And really what resonated with our consortium members was we need data. Mm. We need data to tell our story. Mm. So we all came together and said, how can we get this data? Well, Verisk happens to be one of our key consortium members. So Mm -hmm. they are leading a data call for us in the industry that's going on right now. So when we say we need data, is that because, you know, we've been sort of uh, with activism, speaking about the problem from personal experience, from um, our lived, our own personal lived experience and observations about other industries, 
but we haven't put numbers to bear yet. Is that the premise? That is the premise, and we've done some work. You know, there is some work that is, has gone on. We want to add to that body of work mm -hmm. and in a specific way to help STEM. So our focus is, yes, we want to help the industry, but we're very focused on STEM because we know that that is a way that we can chip away at these issues that you talked about. I mean, this is a journey for us. You know, we, none of us have all the answers, but we do know that we have work to do. And it's beyond gender into justice, equity, belonging, and how do we just make this industry the great robust place it is for talented women and men. Yeah, absolutely. And I think the broader context of that, the thing that like irks me is that we think about uh, diversity and inclusion sort of as an HR problem. Diversity and inclusion is not an HR problem. It's a business proposition. Uh, can you talk more about that? Why do you believe that there's a future here that major corporates down to startups should become more diverse and inclusive and, and inclusive because it's in their best interest? Absolutely. There's, there's a business case and you're absolutely right. This is not an HR issue. It's a business issue. It's a boardroom issue. It's a C-suite issue. It's an issue for all of those who serve the industry. We need to make it, it's grassroots, mm -hmm. you know, and I always say it's, it's one hire at a time. It's one issue at a time. It is a ground war. It's a ground war. And it's not going to be solved with ethos, but it will be solved with culture change mm. and measures. Okay. If we measure it, we're going to do, we're going to do it. We all know that when we have goals and they're measurable goals, we get them done. Nobody does it better than people in insurance. And mm -hmm. so to be actionable is to be measurable and not just calling it out, but measuring it. It's so beautiful and so important. I was reading a book recently called Good Strategy, Bad Strategy. I'm part of a book club that's a little nerdy on the business strategy side of things. Um, and you call out a really important thing, which is a goals or sort of this sort of ethos of uh, a spirit of collaboration and a spirit of diversity and a spirit of inclusion. But when the rubber meets the road, we actually need actionable things that we can do to expand diversity or to build products um, that serve a more diverse market. And sort of to wax on my own soapbox for a hot minute, because you know that this is a, an issue that's really important and really um, part of who I am and part of who the company I'm building will be, is that we, when we built insurance products, right, we think about some of the traditional lines of insurance, auto, home, um, life, we built them with a room of white men, just assumed, like a, a room of white men were in the room building this product. And their lived experience, their understanding of who they were practically selling to also reflects a, a, a universe a data pool of people who looked like and maybe made business decisions like, who had an out, a life outlook, who had a historical context that looked like a lot of the people in that room. So I think about those traditional products today and the effort we've taken to modernize them through technology, through advanced math, through customer engagement applications and, and mobile platforms, right? 
all of this sort of uh, technology can be layered on to deliver a new experience to a more diverse marketplace. But maybe there's some value-based conversations about which products we use as lost leaders, how we sell those products to market, who our customers actually are, and make sure that the products we're delivering sort of not only meet them where they're at in terms of how they consume that product or how they purchase that product, but how it reflects our customers' values too. So I, I just recently met a guy, and I, I love this example. I'm spreading the word. They're, they're building a new product to uh, offer maternity and paternity leave uh, for employers to offer it as an insurance product if someone uh, gets pregnant, wants to take some time off, they offer maternity leave. And I said, wow, what a wonderful loss leader for life insurance. Because the first opportunity you think you're going to need life insurance is oftentimes when you have kids, because you want to make sure that they're set, that if you happen not to be alive, that your kids are taken care of. Mm -hmm. And I thought, man, you know, that takes, and it was a gentleman who's leading this company, but it takes a mentality, a complete restructuring of your values to align with okay, women are working today. Women need this product. Men need this product too. So the market's big enough. And if we do it, we're not selling it as like auto as a loss leader to a millennial who never had a car until they were 35. Instead, we're finding products that fit the values of the market that we're selling into in a much, much more deep, meaningful, subsurface level way. I don't know that uh, we've had that conversation as robust as we can in this place, but I do think that having people with different perspectives, with the technical expertise to develop products is part of that part of that evolution that we haven't yet seen yet, that I think a, a project like this that sets a foundational understanding of where we're at today could really help see that journey or seed the, the, the journey for that tree to grow, to use another analogy, right? So maybe you could help the audience understand what is so foundational about what we're doing now? What data don't we have that we're going to collect? And what kind of use cases do we see develop from that data? What kind of knowledge or even just content and, and to help people understand and, and gain some insights about where we're at today so that we can get to that future tomorrow? Yeah. Now, thank you for that, Carrie. And I couldn't agree with you more. And I love uh, what you're saying. What came into my mind was this is a time of awakening and reimagining. Okay. Mm -hmm. We are transforming. I mean, everybody's transforming, everybody's modernizing everything. And what a better time for us to be doing this study because we're gonna be looking at, yes, we're gonna look at numbers, but then we're gonna say, what do those numbers mean? Mm -hmm. You know, what does it look like, you know, women in leadership? What are the generations looking like today? Where are women leading? Where are women not leading? Where are the gaps? Where are the pain points? And maybe where we're winning, because I have to believe, I am a passionate, a positive optimist. We have to be winning somewhere. I'd love to be able to say, this is where we're winning. Yeah. This is where we're growing and why, you know, and get to those, you know, case studies of how do you win? And yeah. then how do we continue that wonderful pipeline and pathway? So right now, I think it's going to be 
learning and dissecting and then being able to create some real actionable goals and measurable goals so we can say yeah this is the state this is the state of the industry how can we do better and can we celebrate what we're doing right because we've been on this journey as you said and it's an evolution and we have a lot to celebrate i've been called out a few times by by men and women who say who say well isn't this over you know didn't we do it no. and i say no you know, I hear about diversity fatigue. So we really try to talk right now about inclusivity, about mm -hmm. belonging in the workplace mm -hmm. and those next stages. Mm -hmm. I wish we didn't have to talk about gender anymore, but we do. Gender yep. is still an issue. It still is. White women are still diverse. So how do we get better with men and women of color? How do we do better in the LGBTQ community? How do we do better with the generations? How do we do better with diversity of thought or diversity of geography? I mean, there's so many ways that we can amplify and grow. And sometimes it's just calling it out. I loved your parental leave because that is an area where we know we can make a difference. Yep. It's important for men and women. Yeah, and it sort of recognizes the history, the context, right? You're talking about having the data to be able to say, like, here's the problem, or here's, a, I loved your positivity around, here's a real asset that we're, we're not even recognizing as an asset yet that we could really leverage. And I was, I was at a women in insurance conference. I believe we met uh, at the Charitable Foundation's Global Women in Insurance Conference. And um, one of the things that stuck out to me uh, was a speaker who spoke, uh, she's an African-American woman, and we sort of riffed on why, uh, in particular, people of color may be underrepresented in insurance today. And it strikes me the historical context of redlining, for example, that people's experience with insurance hasn't always been positive because they're maybe uh, discriminated against in the 50s disproportionately not benefited as much as other mm -hmm. populations um, today. And that, that persists in, in, some, in some ways. Um, and so recognizing sort of the history and the data about what their experience was, really, you know, we're seeing the tail end of that now that those people are not particularly inclined to become part of our industry. What can we do to say, recognizing that past we're gonna know where we're at right now and pivot to a future that says we understand the historical context here we understand the data that that has led us to this place and you're saying look we can also use that as a strategy to go forward so what kind of things do you see people doing like i would love to answer that question if even just from personal experience and anecdote they think is a powerful and meaningful way that they can seed some of that transformational change. Absolutely. So I think one of our pillars, you know, in STEM Connector and Million Women Mentors is getting into the grade schools and the high schools, not waiting until college. And, you know, speaking to, you know, men, you know, and women of color, you know, when they're first generation college goers, and their parents, they know. They know accountant, they know engineer, they know doctor, they know lawyer. But do they say actuary? I want my daughter to be an actuary. 
Usually not. Mm -hmm. Do I want my daughter to be a data scientist? Do I want my daughter to be, you know, a CIO? Well, we want to say yes, yes, and yes to mm -hmm. all of that. Mm -hmm. So starting out in the grade schools, in the high schools, and evangelizing and making really an awareness campaign mm -hmm. so young girls and young women can say, hmm, I could do that too. I could do that too. And it's not just to the students, it's to the parents and it's to the educators. So really Million Women Mentors is doing that and they're doing a great job. Uh, we are so happy to be on their bandwagon and the Actuarial Foundation, who is also a consortium member, is very, very active in the classroom with many of our initiatives like Math Motivators and our Scholastic Program where we're in the classrooms making mathematics fun, you know, yeah. and giving, you know, giving kids that lift and that energy that this is, this is fun. It's not just important and, but it's something that you can do in your life yeah. and you can have fun with it and a fabulous career. So we're really trying to pull people together. I'm all about creating a collection because it's one of us isn't going to win. We're gonna win as a chorus of voices. Mm -hmm. And this chorus, <laughs> this chorus is getting louder and we're not singing off key. <laughs> yeah, let's talk about that. I think uh, the mentality of collaboration versus competition tends to be a more feminized concept that over the last 50 years of um, business, we have not recognized how collaborative and how much relationships matter in terms of uh, com ultimately competing, ultimately putting a new product into market, um, and, and that those spaces where collaboration has happened previously have been very exclusive and reserved, right, for a specific group of people. That's why we have the Golf Course Podcast, right, opening up and allowing more folks to have a voice in business conversations and to find one another and work together and build meaningful relationships. Talk about a consortium. I, I, I know that there's a number of companies, small, medium, large, who's coming to the table to say this matters? It's it's so great to see the energy here. So I'm gonna shout out some of the consortium members from the Munich Rees of the world to Prudential, to Ryan Specialty Group, to the Actuarial Foundation, ACLI. Mm -hmm. Memic, who have done a tremendous job in the great state of Maine with STEM initiatives. And it's fun, it's fun to see this and we're learning from each other and we're growing. And we've had, you know, companies as a result of our data calls say, raise my hand, I want to be a part of this too because they see the impact and they're jumping on this proverbial bandwagon and it's wonderful to see and more and any and all are welcome awesome well let's talk about that how do people become involved if i as odn want to share my data about women in leadership about well there's at least one at the top we're 100 percent uh, uh led by a woman and the majority of our equity is actually held by women as well um can, how do I share that so that I can participate in your study or if I'm a major corporate that I might be able to participate as well? 
Yeah. So the study is open now. And what I can do, Carrie, is say I'm the point of contact. If they come to me, I will get them registered and involved. There's no cost to this. It's confidential. All of the data being handled so meticulously by Vera Risk, it's sensitive, it's objective, and it's high integrity. Okay. And so your company um, and all companies are very, very welcome to join us because we want a great cross-section. And the, obviously, the, the more we have, the merrier, and we'll be able to have you know, better analysis and perspective. Absolutely. And um, on that note, right, maybe there's a link we can share as well, or at least we'll share your LinkedIn profile so folks can find you and connect directly with you. I want to talk about what will come of this um, data survey, right? We're not just streaming into a void. We're hoping to produce or you're hoping to produce a bit of content. Um, can you talk a little bit more about what we'll see and when we might see some results of the survey? Yes, we will be releasing the results of the survey at the Million Women Mentors Summit in Washington, D.C. on October 23rd. Okay. So we will be doing a presentation and it will be, I promise you, an actionable presentation. So this will not just be one of those white papers that is stuck on the shelf. In fact, it's not a white paper. This is going to be infographics. It's going to be user-friendly. There are going to be not only numbers to share, but stories. I'm a big believer in the power of storytelling, and we have got a story to tell. Mm -hmm. So we will be sharing this information and the story so we can learn, we can listen, and we can act. I think that's the greatest call to action and, and a nice way to conclude today's podcast as well, that we really can't just be passive about this issue, that we need to collect the information we need to understand the problem and then put in place the strategies that have defined actions to get us to a place where we see uh, an insurance industry that not only looks like us, but works for us, right? Like works for people that weren't in the room 50 years ago, um, that encourages people to get excited about actuarial careers. I grew up in Hartford, Connecticut. I became a statistician and I never considered becoming an actuary and that's a problem. Um, I am patient zero. Like if you can't figure out how to get me into insurance, I don't know who you're, who you're going to get. I found my way back there was something in the water but there's a real opportunity to find more people who look like me who have a vision like me for a better future and and, and through insurance as as really the vehicle for that change so i'm in uh i hope everyone else watching the podcast today margaret gets a hold of you or gets a hold of the survey so they can participate and shares the content that comes of it so that more people can learn great work that you're doing and participate so fantastic. Thank you for being on the show today, Margaret. Thank you. It was so much fun, Carrie. Thank you. Love your community. So happy to be a part of it. Let's make it happen. Yeah, let's work together. Let's collaborate. Like we said, we'll put our uh, words into action. Um, Margaret, it's been a pleasure. Thanks for joining me for a round on the golf course. Again, this is Carrie Ann Nadeau, founder and CEO of ODN on the golf course. Make sure you subscribe and make sure you fill out this data survey. We need more data from you. Thanks and have a great evening.